Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Passion drive and patience what brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has got you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for and with ebay guaranteed fit your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. From the offseason, the wins and the losses, it's time to take one, one, one giant, giant step. step. Bobby Skinner, of course, from Talking Giants and John Boy Media. All right, Bobby, so let's sink our teeth into it. It is draft month. We're going to have guests on every single week. Last week, talked to Rick Saratella, NFL Draft Bible. This week, I wanted to get Bobby Skinner on because, in my opinion, Bobby, you are, I think, the best when it comes to anybody around Giants media. And, look, you guys can spin it any way you want to talk in Giants. You are, despite no credentials in a game, a member of the media in your own right and, you know, basically the way it goes on. But the way you break down tape on a weekly basis, daily basis, I mean, honestly, nobody, I think, would have any idea what they were talking about the Giants' offensive line if it wasn't for watching your game breakdown, your offensive line breakdowns. Uh, you know, looking at this offseason, and now before we get to the draft, let's talk about what they just did. They go on a free agency slash trade spree, so to speak, but didn't overdo themselves the way they did in 2016. They end up plugging a couple huge needs while leaving some needs out there that, you know, maybe one more opening in center. When you talk about the two biggest additions they had, which are obviously linebacker and stopping the run and Bobby Okereke, and of course, pass catcher and getting the tight end and Darren Waller, who's an old world tight end, but although is not the wide receiver we were all looking for, which do you think will have the greatest impact on the Giants uh, as we enter 2023? So it's, it's tough because I think without Waller, the Giants offense could be sustainable. And without Okereke, the Giants, depending on what they did in the draft, but let's just say the draft gets eliminated, they don't add any new players, the Giants' defense would not be sustainable. Like, they had the worst linebacker core in the NFL. They were, like, the worst in yards per carry allowed. Like, it was it was pitiful what their run defense was. So you could say that. But at the same time, offense is more important. And Darren Waller is the better player. 
And like Darren Waller gives you a guy like, okay, we can game plan around this guy on offense. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say Darren Waller. And honestly, that's the win now move out of the two. Like Bobby Okereke, yeah. even if they were restarting and not re-signing Daniel Jones, not franchise tagging Saquon Barkley, and they didn't make the playoffs this year, you're still signing Bobby Okereke. Like nothing from last year, uh, like they're not moving up the schedule to sign Okereke. Darren Waller is very much a, hey, we just signed Daniel Jones. We need to get some pieces around him. And so I'll say Dan, uh, Darren Waller just because offense can be a little more important for week-to-week success. Yeah, and the corny cliche answer is both. Both are such a huge impact, which is obviously the case, right? I mean, the Giants win nine games last year. They did hit a little bit of that rut in the second half, but when you walked away from the season – we were all screaming and yelling about how Daniel Jones doesn't have any weapons. And then we were also screaming and yelling about how terrible the linebacker play was. So I think right off the bat, an enormous win for Joe Shane to get two impact players, one on each side of the ball in an enormous area of need. But the, if we just screamed and yelled about how Daniel Jones needs weapons and they pay him the way they paid him, which I think he deserved to get that money. I'm a little, and I want to ask you about Daniel Jones in a second, but when they do that, we can't go into next year leaving more excuses for Daniel Jones. It's got to be, Hey, you're paid now on an average of $40 million a year. You're being paid to make plays. You have Darren Waller as a big weapon. And we'll get into some of the wide receivers. They added as well. That's why it's huge. I mean, he is, I mean, they had a pro bowl talent type of guy and we'll see if that helps Saquon, if Saquon, you know, hopefully agrees to that franchise tag uh, and doesn't try to play any games, but you know, all of that being said, it's hard for me not to say it's Darren Waller. Now, with that, I brought up what they did at the wide receiver position. The Giants still at this moment have not added a true number one wide receiver. You, Bobby, from listening to Talking Giants as well, you know, you don't necessarily love the guy, but I think you see the upside in a Paris Campbell for this offense. I think more so than maybe fringe Giant fans who just look at Paris Campbell and his injury plague tenure with the Indianapolis Colts and wonder, geez, what is this really going to be brought to the table? Your, what are your thoughts on Paris Campbell? Do you think that that was the most important signing for this team at the wide receiver position? Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Uh, I actually want to, let me touch up on one more thing on Waller that kind of hit sure. me before I finish my point. Is It's going to be very exciting to see what Waller does in this scheme with Daniel Jones. Like Evan Ingram went to the Jaguars this year and everyone said, wow, he had a breakout year, had the best year of his career. That's mm-hmm. false. 2019 was Evan Ingram's best year on a per-game basis, but he missed some time. Uh, you know, missed towards the end of the year. Like Evan Ingram was having a phenomenal 2019 season. It, to me, it's Pat his Shermer's best season. Offense. Yeah, right. and Pat Shermer's offense, and then Jason Garrett, and then that offense didn't really fit anybody besides Sterling Shepard. Um, and even then, Shepard could do better in another offense. So, like Darren Waller, who is much more of a, a much more better player than Evan Ingram. Like I'm excited to see what they can do with that. But Paris Campbell. So the contract, I like the contract because there's so many per game bonuses. So like if he misses the season, this contract ends up being almost nothing, right? Like if right. he has the exact same year as last season, which was his most productive season, it's a five million dollar contract. So it's, it's pretty, it's pretty damn cheap. Um, I'll be interested to see what they do with him though, because he can play on the outside. Like he's, you know, he's six one. Uh, and I think you they're going to play him a lot on the outside. I you really can argue that he plays better on the outside, because, but yeah. he's been so injured his career. Every year he's swapped from playing mostly on the outside to the slot, and then this past year when he was finally fully healthy, he played mostly in the slot. But he's not like 
his best plays are not from like those typical slot, like little quick game stuff. It's kind of on the outside using his speed and, uh, you know, ability to work on the sideline. So it'll be interesting to see what they use for him. But you can also see a land where this guy's not even starting week one, right? Because like Slayton is a is a bona fide starter. They might have Hodges ahead of him. And then if they draft someone like Zay Flowers at pick 25, like Campbell could be a depth piece and his contract is so incentive-based that it's kind of a win either way. It's like if he doesn't play, the contract's very cheap. And if he does play and produces, well, then you got a player who uh, played and produced. Now, he's going to play a lot regardless, but like he may not be one of the top three wide receivers to start week one. And I, and I think that's what they've done at the wide receiver position because – and we'll get into the draft in a couple moments here. But I think they've at least given themselves insurance where you don't feel like they have to be the most desperate of teams at 25 specifically in the first round to go, we need to get our wide receiver, right? Obviously, Darren Waller is the big pass catcher, but Campbell, even to a lesser extent, Jamison Crowder, although I could argue that might be more for you know punt returns and making sure you have somebody back there. But they – Sterling Shepard, you bring him back. I don't know how much you could really invest in that or, or think he's going to be there, but at least they have a bunch of bodies. They have warm bodies with pulses at wide receiver that would make you feel like they could get by for a year the way these deals are structured. With the amount of shorter wide receivers they added, let me ask you this too, because you guys broke this all down last year coming out. What do you think the realistic expectations for Wandell Robinson are in this offense next year? Because I think he could be the biggest wild card to the entire team. Well, that's what... Like, there's kind of a log jam in this wide receiver group, and it's like, yeah, Sterling Shepard on the minimum contract's nice. Yeah, Paris Campbell on a cheap contract's nice. Yeah, Jameson Crowder, I won't even, I won't even put him into the factor. I think he's a, like in case in case of emergency type guy if, if everyone gets hurt, which has happened recently for the Giants. But it's like, what is the plan for these guys, right? Because Paris Campbell, while I did mention he had some good stuff on the outside. They may have two guys ahead of him with Slayton and Hodges on the outside, and they may well, draft and, someone and, ahead of him. And, Bobby, and in the slot, finish, they drafted Wandale Robinson. The third pick ever of Joe Shane was Wandale Robinson. It's like, I don't know what the plan is exactly for these guys. And Wandale coming off a torn ACL was already someone who needed work to his game. And his value was like, well, he's more athletic. He can do some more explosive stuff with the ball. Can he do that with a torn ACL? And he's not great at he, like he still needs to get better at like the the down in down out wide receiver stuff at a five foot eight slot only type guy. Yeah, and what I was gonna say there is, you know, maybe I have the Joe Judge stench on me, and maybe this is too old school an approach as a Giant fan to think about the team and the roster building. But I look at all these wide receivers. Whatever happened to the mantra of once you get past like the first two to three wide receivers on the roster, they all better contribute on special teams. I mean, right now, Darius Slayton still could be your number one wide receiver. That's the guy who can still run and gun a little bit. Last year, you saw him, you know, at least try to make the team that way because he wasn't really a special team or his whole career. Who the heck is playing special teams? This is wide receiver group. They all just feel like wide receivers. And how many of those kinds of guys can you carry where they give you absolutely nothing other than Crowder on punt returns at the at the special teams level? Yeah, they're kind of in a similar situation to last year where they started the season with six wide receivers and none were special teams guys. I mean, the start of last year, they had Galladay, non-special teams, Wandale, not Shep, um, Slayton was Tony. in, right. David Sills, and then Tony. Yeah, like none of those guys were special. David Sills might have got a special team rep here or there, but he's not a, he, wanted, he probably wasn't good at it. So, yeah, I guess they're going to have to value looking at the, uh, for those guys in other positions uh, and get by with it, but you know, one of their guys, you know, who got the most like special team snaps for them last year? He was a starting player, I believe, in Julian Love. Like, I'm pretty sure he got the most special teams 
snaps and then so is there a starter that they're using that's getting a lot of those reps you know i guess whoever they start opposite xavier mckinney could be that role so but I, I i don't know i don't know i don't break down special teams i don't know how they work I, exactly no i know and i'm not making trying to make a half an hour of this about special teams i just found that part interesting when it comes to the wide receiver room 